our feet and get our Bibles out. We're going to turn to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. Come on, somebody. Well, we got a few people excited about the Word of God this morning. Anybody else? Jumping into the... Hey, Happy New Year. Happy 2016. It is a new year. Hello. Turn to someone and say, uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Come on. And I want to just congratulate all of you in this room and those that are watching online. You have perfect attendance already this year. You're off to a great start. Come on, perfect church attendance. You can mark that off the list. Keep coming. But this is what Habakkuk 2 verse 2 says. We're going to talk about getting a vision for new ground this year, taking ground as we start our series, Taking Ground. This is what God said. Write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. And God has new vision for new ground that you're gonna take this year. God has new vision for you to take some new ground in 2016. Now, one more passage I want us to look at is Matthew chapter two, verse 12. You can turn there in your Bibles or you can follow on the screen or if you got the app on your phone, uh, go there on your phone. Matthew two, verse 12. And this is the story of the wise men. As they were searching for Jesus, they found Jesus, took them a long way to get there, over a thousand miles, journeying through the wilderness, going through the desert. They got to Jesus, they gave him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And as they were getting ready to go back, God gave them a new vision to take some new ground. God said, don't go back the way you came. Don't go back to the old king that you met along the way. Don't go back to the person that you went to last year. There's new ground, a new path, a new route. I want you to take a different way. This year doesn't need to be an exact repeat of last year. Even the good things from last year, God says, I got greater things this year. How many of y'all think God has more for your life in 2016? God's saying, I got new vision for new ground for you this year. So the title of the message is New Vision for New Ground. New Vision for New Ground. We're going to say a victory confession. If you're new to victory, welcome. My name is Paul. Happy to serve here as a pastor at Victory. And we're starting a new series, Taking Ground. We say a confession every Sunday. So let's say this together on the count of three. One, two, three. I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Lord, thank you for victory. Thank you for joy. Lord, we dedicate this year to you. We look to you. We seek you first. God, we ask you to speak to us this morning. Open your word. God, let our hearts be open, our minds be open as we receive it. Lord, we thank you that we're not going to leave today the same way that we came in. We're going to leave different. And God, we're going to enter into this year with expectancy, God, with faith, Lord, with a hunger for you, God, not just for what you can give us, but Lord, for what you can do in us and through us. We want to know you more this year, God. We want to take ground in, Lord, seeking you. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Give five people a high five and say, take ground, take ground, take ground, take some ground, take some ground this year.
God wants us to take some ground this year. You know, I remember this past year going on a hike and I was in the woods, kind of like that guy in the, in the video you just watched. And I was hiking, I was, I, I was all by myself in a wilderness area, kind of secluded from other people. And I was going down this path, I was excited. I saw this short mountain. It wasn't super big, it wasn't super steep, and I didn't have a harness, so I started free climbing uh, this mountain. I started going up it, and you know, there's a difference between courage and stupidity. Um, this was not a smart move. This was not a courageous move. This was kind of dumb. I'm climbing it, and I'm only like four feet off the ground, but all of a sudden, I get really nervous. I'm like, what am I doing? Why, why am I climbing this right now? There's no one here to help. If I fall, no one can take me to the hospital. And I start thinking all these thoughts. Then I realize I'm all alone in the woods. And I start imagining, what if a bear is out here? <laughs> and you know, when you start imagining stuff, you start hearing stuff. And all of a sudden, I start hearing like twigs breaking near me. And I'm like, oh my goodness, there's like a bobcat. There's a I, and I got so scared, I jumped off. You know, I was only four feet up. I jumped off from where I had climbed, and I sprinted back to the beginning of the trailhead, back where there was civilization, where there were people. And I was thinking about how oftentimes we go into a new year with excitement. We go into a new year with resolutions, with goals. I'm gonna lose weight. I'm going back to the gym. We get into the gym. We start working out. We see two pounds go, three pounds go, four pounds go. We start reading our Bible. We get into Genesis and, oh man, it's exciting. And then Exodus and then Leviticus. <laughs> and as we get into it, we start thinking there's a lot more to go here. And man, I, and we start thinking the thoughts of, I didn't finish this last year. I tried to lose this weight. I tried to re read my Bible. I tried to spend this time praying. I tried to be uh, healthier, to give up that addiction, to give up that bad habit. We start listening to the thoughts of fear and the thoughts of shame and the thoughts of failure, of you haven't done this, you've been trying this for 10 years and you've never been able to accomplish this goal, you might as well stop. And so many people revert back to where they began because they don't have a vision to take the ground that God's called them to take. And I don't know about you, I don't just want a New Year's resolution, I want a vision from God for 2016. See, there's a difference between writing down goals that you came up with and writing down a vision that God has given you. I believe God has vision for you in 2016. Vision for your health, vision for your body, vision for your finances, vision for your marriage, vision for your family, vision if you're a single, vision for your thought life, for purity this year, purity in your relationships, boundaries. God has vision for you this year, but the question is, are you gonna get his vision or are you gonna run with your own goals this year? And I, I have just a hunch that you came to church today to get God's vision for 2016. That's why you're here, that's why you're watching online. It's because you wanna know what is God's vision for my life in 2016. See, here's what we do. When we get God's vision, God says in Habakkuk 2 verse 2, once you get it, write it down. And you know, there's research done that um, a thousand percent, it's proved that people who write their goals down are a thousand times more likely to accomplish those goals. So here's kind of just a clever sentence to remember to maybe jot down on your notes right now. You can't take ground that you haven't written down. You can't take ground that you haven't written down. Church, I wanna challenge you to write down some ground that you wanna take. And you might be thinking, well, Paul, what does that mean to take ground? Here's what taking ground means. It means to advance, 
It means to conquer in a certain area, to gain victory, to make progress. This is a battle phrase. This is a war term that we're going to take ground so that we can have a better vantage point to defeat the enemy. So taking ground is making progress, making small victories towards a larger victory. And this year, God wants you to take ground. I don't know what 2015 was like, but last night I was watching the game TCU versus Oregon, the Alamo Bowl. Did anybody catch this game? All right, me and my father-in-law were watching the very end of it. Man, we started preaching at each other. Like this game had so much sermon content in it. It was crazy. Listen, uh, TCU was down 31 to zero at halftime. This was crazy. I mean, last night's game was the uh, tied for the largest comeback in football bowl history. TCU was down 31 to zero. And in the, in the second half, the fifth-year senior backup quarterback who had been sitting on the bench all season long, who thought he was done, he's old, he's used up, he's a fifth-year senior, the coach said, get in the game, this is your time, this is your hour, you take this back. What the enemy tried to take from us, we're gonna take it back. They came back and won in the third overtime, 45 to 38. I'm telling you, this is your comeback year. No matter what the devil tried to steal from you in 2015, God said, take it back in 2016. It's second half, get in the game. You're not too old, you're not too young, you're not used up, you haven't uh, lost your chance. God says, I've got new mercy for you this year. You might have missed the goals last year, but God says, I've given you power, vision to accomplish what I've called you to accomplish this year. Come on, let me preach on football for a second. Don't get me started on OU and OSU. The point is this. We have comeback power. We serve a God who has the greatest comeback in history. He was down for three days in the grave, and he rose again. 2016 is comeback power, taking ground where you've lost in the past. I don't know. I asked in the last few services, how many of you feel like you lost some ground in 2015? Maybe it was in your health. Maybe it was in a relationship, in your marriage. Maybe it was financially. You just felt like you, you, were, you were planning to save a certain amount of money, and you ended up spending it or losing it in some ways. Or maybe you just felt an attack on your passion, your hunger for God. I was talking to a few pastors who said, you know, 2015 just felt like there was a weariness to even open up my Bible and be hungry to read the Word. And if pastors were dealing with that, I, I would imagine that so many Christians were dealing with that same sense of weariness to just be hungry on a daily basis to open your word. I'm convinced if the people of God know the word of God, we can change the world. All right, 100 people believe it out of the thousands in this room. I'm convinced if the people of God know the word of God, we can change the world. Come on, that's more like it. So, one way that we're gonna get vision from God is leaning in to hear God's voice, reading God's word. At the end of your row are Bible reading plans. These plans we've printed for you. Everybody take one. It's a Bible reading plan. Just take it, pass it down the row, put it in your Bible, put it in your pocket, hold on to it. This Bible reading plan is a plan to finish the Bible from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, from cover to cover. This is a goal every year that I think every Christian should have, to read your Bible. And guys, there's going to be times where you might miss a chapter, you might miss a day or miss a few days. Don't let that stop you from taking ground this year, getting in God's word. I'm telling you, your vision is going to come from reading God's word, listening to God's voice, increasing your passion and your hunger to hear from God. Amen, church? Amen. So take that, put it in your Bible, and keep following 
with me. Keep tracking with me. God has new level for you this year, new ground, taking a new route. He told the wise men, don't go back the same way that you went last time. Don't go back to Herod, I've got a new king for you. Once they met King Jesus, they didn't go back to King Herod. Some of y'all have had a transformation in the last year. Don't go backwards. Don't go back to that addiction. Don't go back to that casino. Don't go back to that drug. Don't go back to that bottle. Don't go back to that website. Don't go back to that woman. Don't go back to that man. Don't go back where God sets you free. He says, I've got a new path for you. I've got a new way for you. I've got new ground for you to take. You've conquered that. You've walked forward. This is your year to take ground spiritually. So the question is, what ground has God called you to take? Not just ground in reading your Bible, but specifically, what has God called you to take ground in this year? Maybe it's financially that this year is gonna be a year that you get debt free, that you pay off some debt. Maybe this is your year that you not only save a certain amount of money, but you make a decision you're gonna give a certain amount of money this year towards God's kingdom, that you're gonna walk in greater generosity. Maybe God's calling you to take ground in your marriage, that you're gonna spend 30 minutes a day praying for your spouse this year. But I, I believe during this series, I'm so pumped for this series, I, I can't wait to share with you some exciting information later on this month concerning how to take ground in your life and how we're gonna take ground as a church. But I believe that the point is this, you've gotta get the vision from God Write it down, write it on a phone, write it on a laptop, write it on a piece of paper. It's hard to take ground that you haven't written down. You might say, well, Paul, I've got it memorized. I know how much weight I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna lose 30 pounds this year. I've got it already in my head. I'm gonna read my, I've memorized it. It's not enough to just memorize it in here. Write it on some paper and stick it in front of you. Put it on your mirror, put it in your car, on your desk, in your office, somewhere that you can see. This year, I'm memorizing scripture. This year, I'm losing this weight. This year, I'm, cha I'm changing my diet. I'm gonna get healthier so I can live longer. This year, I'm praying more for my spouse. I'm praying uh, as a single for my future spouse. Whatever it is that God's called you to increase, to advance in, write it down and take that ground. Now, there was a guy in the Bible who God spoke to. He said, I'm gonna give you fresh vision for some new ground that you've been waiting to take for a long time. That guy was Joshua. We're gonna camp out and talk about Joshua this month. Let's go to the book of Joshua, chapter one, verse one. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass, and I wanna stop right there. After the death of the Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass. Sometimes there's things that happen in your life that literally just come to pass. They don't come to stay, they come to pass. Praise God that they come to pass. They're over. You walk through that test, you walk through that storm, you got through it. Now, it's a new season. This first sentence is a sentence that's got so much transition packed into it. This was a huge transition in the world. Moses was the greatest leader that had ever lived up until that moment. He was the guy that parted the Red Sea, that God used to bring the 10 plagues against Egypt, that delivered the Israelites and brought them this close. But God said, there's more. There's more, there's a new season. And in a new season, I'm choosing a new leader. Moses died and now a new leader sprung forth, Joshua. And in this transition, it's, it's important to, to know this, transitions are only as good as you make them. You can go through a transition and have no momentum and, and no transformation because you view the transition as just another day. 
right? You're like, well, there's nothing new about 2016. I mean, there's nothing I can't do now that I couldn't do December 31st in 2015. True, but it's a new year. And with a new year, you've got a fresh 300 and now 63 days left this year to really take some ground. See, someone's gonna view this year, and, and here's the thing, you might be saying, well, Paul, I've got the same job, the same spouse, the same apartment, the same house, the same uh, amount of money, the same body, the same love handles, the same lack of hair on my head or hair on my head, whatever it is that you feel like you got the same of, yes, but your perspective of where you're at changes everything because you might view something as mundane, but someone else might take what you view as mundane and use it as motivation for momentum towards their destiny. It determines how you see this new year. It's like nothing changed on January 1st. I still have the same job, but man, I got a fresh perspective and a fresh hunger and a fresh fire for 2016, what God's gonna do in victory. It's like something's been stirring in me. And you've got to get that inside you that today, Lord, you've got new ground for me to take, new vision for me to take. So God shows up to Joshua. It's a new day, a new era, a new season. Transition has happened. How many of y'all remember, uh, where's the married people at? Raise your hands. How many of y'all remember the wedding day? You plan for the wedding day, but the truth is a wedding doesn't make you a wife. A wedding doesn't make you a husband. Once you go through the transition, over time you begin to grow. And that's where we've got to learn that as we step into a new year, a new season, January 1st doesn't make us a new, stronger Christian. We decide that we're going to step into this year and going forward with strength and fresh passion and fresh fire that this is my year to grow as a Christian, as a husband, a wife, a father, a single, a student, in high school, in college, whatever it is, this is your year for fresh vision to take some new ground. Amen? Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. God speaks to the servant of Moses. His name was Joshua. And by the way, God loves to speak to servants. God's looking for people with a servant's heart. You're not fit to be a leader until you're willing to be a servant. My dad used to tell me, Paul, how can you lead the pack if you're not willing to serve the team? How are you, how are you going to lead out here if you're not willing to pick up trash and clean some toilets. And not everybody has to see the serving that you did. It's not like you have to announce it or put it on Instagram, like, hey, I just cleaned some toilets. <laughs> I just helped some people. Sometimes, the, really, the truth, the truth test is that you do it only for the eyes of God, for the audience of one. See, Joshua was serving, listen to this, this scripture was when Joshua was in his late 60s. He's not an 18-year-old. He started out seeing the vision of the promised land in his early 20s, but he didn't get to hear from God that it was time until his late 60s. He goes 40 years circling the same New Year resolution that he saw 40 years ago. One of these days, we're going to conquer it. One of these days, we're going to get that ground that I know we're supposed to take. One of these days, he's held back. But listen, God shows up and says, Joshua, while you've been serving Moses and you've been cleaning toilets and you've been picking up trash and helping other people and not getting bitter and instead getting better... I've been preparing you to take some ground, and this is your year. This is harvest year. This is comeback year. This is you. Listen, here's the other cool thing. Joshua got to receive a harvest in a new season where seeds weren't even planted yet. You know what God spoke to me? Some of y'all are going to step into a harvest this year from seeds you sowed in a previous season, 
and you thought when the season ended that God closed the books and nothing rolls over into the new year, but God said, I remember those seeds. I'm rolling them over into the new season, into the new year. I've got harvest, I've got ground, I've got Jericho, I've got Canaan, I've got the promised land because you were sowing. I'm, I'm walking in harvest of seeds that my dad sowed that he never got to see the harvest in. Seeds that my mom sowed, my grandma. See, I'm convinced that when we sow seed, we're not just sowing for our season or for our generation, we're sowing for the next generation. When I sow seed into this soil, I know if the Lord tarries, my kids, my grandkids are gonna step into harvest that they didn't even have to plow for, that I was plowing for, and then they'll learn to plow for the next generation. Come on, somebody. So God shows up and speaks to Joshua. And he says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Everybody say, arise. arise. Men, it's time to rise up. This is your year. This is your year. Husbands, dads, single men, it's a year to rise up. Ladies, it is time to rise up. That's why we're doing the weekend conference in the, er in the early part of February. That is to charge the men of this house to stand up, to rise up, to lead. This is an election year. And let me just say, don't reduce your influence to the person you vote for. Step up and be a leader in our nation too. Don't just count on somebody else to change the morals in our nations. You step up and be a moral game changer in Tulsa, in Oklahoma, in the United States of America. Let's not just put all the pressure on someone in the White House. Let's take some responsibility as Christians that we're gonna take some ground that the devil's tried to steal in America it's time for some men and women to arise. So God says to Joshua, get up, get up, rise up, Joshua. Cross over this Jordan River. I'm giving you land. It is yours for the taking. You and all the children of Israel. Verse three, this is a verse we're holding on to this month. Every place, let's read this together. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you as I said to Moses, every place. Everybody say every place. In your family, in your finances, every place that your soul, uh, the sole of your foot treads upon, God has given you ground. He has given you ground this year to, to be debt free. He's given you ground this year to kick that addiction to pornography. He's given you ground this year to be the man in your house, to rise up as a leader. He's given you ground this year to start that business. He's given you ground this year to launch that ministry, to launch that website, to initiate that magazine, to release that book that's been inside you. He's given you ground. Everywhere that your foot touches this year, you're gonna prosper. Come on, somebody. But here's the key. Just because he's given us the ground doesn't mean he hands it to us on a silver platter and we don't have to do anything. He says, I'm giving you ground, but you're gonna have to walk around Jericho. You're gonna have to show up to the battlefield. This is not gonna be an easy thing. Joshua, I'm, I'm giving it to you, but you gotta show up. Faith without works is dead. You're gonna have to show up. Listen, God's not just gonna give you a full year of memorized scriptures if you don't open the book. He's not gonna give you a healthy marriage if you don't... Take some time to work on your marriage with your spouse. This year, we're providing a marriage conference. God spoke to us to invest in the couples of this house. We're doing a marriage conference. We're bringing in John and Lisa Bevere in the early part of April to invest in the husbands and the wives of this house to grow a healthier marriage. For men, in your purity, and your thought life, to take ground, you have to show up. You have to this year choose, writing down the vision, here's what I'm going to do this year to take ground in these areas for your health, 
But see, I'm convinced that a lot of us miss the vision because we're too ashamed. Really, there's three things that I think cause us to miss out on the vision of taking ground that God's given to us. I think, first of all, it's shame. We're ashamed because we were supposed to take ground last year, and we didn't. We were supposed to take ground three years ago, and we didn't. So we stopped writing goals. We stopped writing vision because we're ashamed of the vision that we never accomplished in the past. Shame holds us back, but I got good news for you. Romans 8 verse 1 says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He has set you free from shame. He has set you free from those addictions, from that feeling. And Proverbs says, though a righteous man may fall seven times, he will rise again. Come on, no matter what you're down by. TCU was down by seven touchdowns. It's comeback time. You might feel like you've missed it. You know what Joshua could have said to God? Joshua could have said, God, where were you 40 years ago when I circled the land that I was supposed to take, the ground that I was going to advance into? God, what happened back then? Lord, I don't understand. He could have gotten caught up in bitterness. He could have gotten caught up in a sense of just shame. I've been walking in this wilderness. I've been circling this for a long time. But instead, you know what Joshua did? He took God by his word. He said, all right. This is my year. This is my time. I think the second thing that holds us back from getting God's vision for new ground is a settled mindset. We become settled in what we've seen, settled in what we've experienced, settled in, in, and stuck in a rut. I've talked to so many people who said, Paul, I feel like I got stuck in 2015. I got stuck in a rut. I got stuck in an addiction. I got stuck in depression. I got stuck in a sense of defeat. I got stuck in discouragement. I got stuck even in uh, just financial um, uh, 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 discouragement about where I was financially. And so many people get in a place of just settling in defeat. In fact, Abram, before he was Abraham, in Genesis 11, verse 31, Abram's father, this is a scripture you don't hear about too often. Abram's father was taking his family towards the promised land, Terah. He was taking his son, his grandson Lot, and his daughter-in-law, Sarai, into the promised land, towards Canaan. And they came to Haran, and they dwelt there. One version says they settled there. Look at verse 32. It says this, so the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. In other words, he died where he settled. There was a promised land in front of him, but he settled halfway. This, this happens to a lot of people when they start off with goals. You get halfway towards 30 pounds. You get to 15. You get halfway through the fast that you started. And you go, oh man, I could really use some Mountain Dew, bacon cheeseburger right now, some French fries, some Cane's chicken. Come on, I could really use some. And you give up halfway through. You settle along the way. But when you got a vision from God, you know I'm not settling. I might fall, but I'm getting back up. Though a righteous man may fall, I'm rising again. If there's breath in your lungs, there is ground for you to take. Don't settle even on past victories. Me and my wife last night were going over 2015, just looking at pictures on our phone and thinking, man, what a great year. Man, Liam turned one. We had Benaiah last year. We walked through uh, even a battle of just having to hold on to faith for Liam. And he was healed, strong, healthy, good reports from the doctor. And just praising God for a great year. But you know what God was saying to me? Don't get stuck on even the praise reports of last year. I've got new praise reports for you this year. I've got new territory for you this year. I've got new vision. Sometimes we settle in a prideful way to say, Paul, I've come a long way. I've accomplished a lot. 
But you know, I look at my grandma who's 91 and she's still taking ground. She's walking around the track at Victory, praying, speaking over her grandchildren, speaking over her great-grandchildren, speaking over this church, taking ground spiritually. I think about Lester Sumrall in his late 70s, still taking ground, advancing the kingdom of God. Oral Roberts, man, I think about Joshua in his late 60s, choosing to rise up and take Jericho. And Caleb in his late 80s, God saying, this is your mountain, Caleb. There's more in store for you. If there's breath in your lungs, there's ground to take. Don't stop. Don't settle. Don't give up. Don't say this is it. Don't put a lid on your life. Break the glass ceiling. There's more in store for you this year. There's new ground for you to take. New vision for you. Don't settle in even the failures of the past. Maybe some of you are settling because you feel like you've missed it. Band, come up as I'm getting ready to close. Maybe you're settling because you feel like you've missed it. You missed the train. You missed your opportunities. And so you've gotten stuck. This is your year to get unstuck, unsettled. Get uncomfortable with being comfortable. It's time for you to rise up. The third reason why I think people miss the vision that God has for them is because they get busy. Busyness... Busyness is an enemy for kingdom life experience. I've been reading this book by Bill Johnson, How to Change the World, and he says, busyness is an enemy of true kingdom experience. You know what he's saying here is he's saying this, we get so busy doing good things that we miss out on the kingdom life that God has for us. Don't miss this right now. God has kingdom life in 2016 for you. Kingdom assignments, things that are going to change your life this year. But you're going to have to choose not to cloud your schedule with so much stuff that you make no time to read the word, to pray, and to journal what God is calling you to do this year. A vision from God is so important. This is why I'm choosing the first weekend of our, our series to just talk about getting a vision from God. Here's what a vision from God does for you. A vision from God will empower you. God's vision gives life to something that was once dead or dormant. I'm gonna give you just a few power sentences of what God's vision can do in your life. God's vision gives life to, to something that was dead or dormant. In other words, when you get a vision from God, you get fresh energy, you get fresh vitality, you get life again. It's like Ezekiel 37, a prophecy of the breath of God comes into your lungs. What was once dead, what was once feeling like, uh, I'm not good enough, I'm ashamed, God starts giving you life again. Secondly, God's vision gives boldness to be who God made you to be. Boldness, you're not just walking around intimidated, uh, looking at what other people are doing, what other people are like, and how they're accomplishing things this year. You have boldness to be who God made you to be. This is what came on David when he got a vision to take out Goliath, right? Because Saul said, David, you're gonna have to wear my armor. You need to do what I did. I need you to be like me. And David said, uh-uh, I can't wear your armor, Saul. I got a vision to take Goliath, and I'm gonna use stones and a sling. <laughs> It gives you boldness to be who God made you to be and you're not intimidated by what others are doing or what others are wearing. Listen, God's vision gives purpose to the pain that you walk through. This year, there will probably be, probably be some moments where you feel pain, where you walk through some tests, uh, maybe even some rough waters, 
but you have purpose. So you're not just surviving the pain, you're thriving through it because you're going, oh yeah, I can learn this from that, I can take this from that, I'm gonna need this from that. As I'm going through 2016, I'm walking with purpose. I'm growing even through the painful moments. God's vision also does this. God's vision gives grace for whatever you face. Visionary people have grace to walk through tough times and not get stuck in trivial matters. Visionary people, they have grace, they know God's with me, God's for me, and not even just grace for them, but grace to extend towards others. God's vision gives creativity to supersede the circumstances you face. This is so powerful. I wish I could spend 30 minutes on each one. Creativity comes when you get a vision from God. You might be lacking resources, lacking finances, but you've got such a creative mindset that God shows you things that you can use to accomplish your vision that you didn't even realize were in your reach. I went to a church in Peru and this church was in a very poor part and they had very poor people that were coming to their church and I walked through the doors and it was spectacular, spectacular. Now it wasn't like this building and, it, and the stage wasn't like this. I was amazed, I couldn't even explain to you what was happening in this church. It was so creative, I don't understand it. And I asked the pastor, how are you doing this in one of the poorest parts of your city, a third world country? He said, God has given us creative resourcefulness. What other people have thrown away as trash in the junkyard, we have taken it and somehow weaved it into our stage and turned it into a treasure. I mean, it was amazing. And I thought about how sometimes we go through seasons where we're lacking, we don't know how we're gonna make it, we're lacking resources, lacking finances, lacking connection, but when you get a vision from God, he gives you supernatural creativity to supersede the circumstances that you're facing. Come on, church. God's vision gives perseverance through the process. He gives you power to push through because you know if I accomplish this vision, if I can push past uh, pound 15 and pound 16, I know on the other side of this victory, of reading my Bible, of losing this weight, of changing this diet, I know I've got perseverance to push through because it's gonna be worth it. God's vision gives hope during the hollow, slow, and difficult days. God's vision gives fresh fire to work harder, go further, run faster than before. See, even youths grow weary and tired. Even youths will run and they'll faint. But those who wait upon the Lord, they will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like an eagle. They will soar. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. God's vision will give you fresh fire. How many of y'all could use some fresh fire this year to start off your year? Come on, somebody. Even the youths better be raising your hand. All of us need it. This is your year. God's vision gives value to his unique calling on your life. So whether you're a dentist, a doctor, a businessman, I felt like God told me to tell you this is the year for Christian businessmen to rise up. God's looking for Christian businessmen who just are gifted to make money to advance the kingdom of God. He's about to give you some incredible favor, whoever you are that's been holding on to that word for the Christian businessmen. But dentists, doctors, teachers, coaches, principals, you know my role is just as valuable as the pastor on the stage or the missionary in Cambodia because God has gifted me for such a time as this to work on people's teeth, to help people in their business, to help people in their body, to, to coach people, to be a principal in my school, to be a teacher where I'm at, to be a mom. You know you're valuable because God's given you the vision. And God's vision gives provision to you and through you. This year, God has provision that you haven't even tapped into yet. You haven't even tapped into the resources of heaven because you've been so busy 
to not slow down and get God's vision. But hey, game changer this month. You're about to get a vision from God that's gonna unlock the resources of heaven into your life. I sense it, provision is coming to the people who've got a vision from God.